Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I am your boy, Dangerous Duke. And I'm your boy, Stevie Jobber. And we are not the New Age Outlaws, but we are the Dangerous Jobbers Podcast. Uh, so we got a special edition coming at you this week. Um, I'm kind of excited for this one. I ain't gonna lie, because this was this required some uh, some thought, mm-hmm. some some effort, and just some fun because this yeah. is controversial topics. Yeah, and con- I got some shit to get off my chest. Yeah, we we all got some shit to get off our chest, but we're gonna be discussing a controversial topic in the world of wrestling, and it could be something current. It could be something from years past Mm -hmm. that have either stirred up some controversy with fans, with wrestlers, with management, or anything in between. So we had we picked our top our first topics that we wanted to discuss. Um, I think I'm gonna let you take the reins and you can discuss what your controversial topic is. Okay. Let me see here. Let me see here. I'm trying to find the file. Yeah. So, so basically, Stevie, Stevie took some notes on this because this is a, a topic a lot of fans, have, have discussed. Yeah. And some people prefer, one to the other. But this is this is gonna be like a, uh, you know how you see those memes that are like change my mind. Oh yeah, like the uh, a, this thing is this way, and that's the only way it should be. Change my mind, or yeah, it's the, it's the guy sitting at the table. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with this one. Stevie's like, I got my cup of coffee. I'm just waiting. Somebody try to change my mind, cause I got a lot of shit I want to say. I think he's got a lot of shit he wants to say. I don't. Ah, I can't find a fucking file. I'm gonna freestyle it. Fuck it. Hey, I'm freestyling mine, so go ahead. That's what we do, man. We off the top of the head here, uncensored, unfiltered. Listen, man. Get- Tamina Snooker. Mm-hmm. Is better than Natalia. And at the very least, Tamina should be where Natalia is. And for how great Natalia is portrayed on TV. Mm-hmm. She's not that great. That's my. That's just my controversial opinion. I've like I said like a pod or two ago in a mm-hmm. fit of rage. Fuck Natalia. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it later. Later is now. Mm-hmm. Fuck Natalia. And I know that might rub some people the wrong way. And it, it's not like I don't like Natty as a person, but as far as your track record, not that great. No. They bill her as the most winningest, you know, women's champion or whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah, the most uh, winningest uh, female superstar. Yeah, and I could I could care fucking less. Honestly, care less. A, a lot of people, a lot of people love her. A lot of, well, not love her. A lot of people like her and they respect her. Yes. But I understand exactly what you mean because I, I agree. I don't understand why she's as popular as she is. I don't understand, you know, why the company sees her as valuable as she is. Mainly, maybe just because her dad was in the business. Mm-hmm. Like, she's a good wrestler. She is. She can she wrestle. Is. But I don't think she was ever champion material. Like, I don't 
she she was always bland to me. She was always vanilla. Like okay, so like just to just to just to just to get some people like angry at me. Mm-hmm. Natalia's a B plus player. I I fuck you change my mind. I Listen. wouldn't I wouldn't even call her a B plus player. It will see, there you go. I I, would, I, I don't say B minus. Like she's boring in the ring. Mm-hmm. She's boring on the mic. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of you and your cats on social media. Like I don't care. <laughs> like I don't like I don't care about Natalia. And it's the craziest thing in the world to me because Charlotte Flair, certified Hall of Fame mm-hmm. already. Yeah. They're gonna put Natalia in the Hall of Fame. Which is fair. It's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't make her the face of the Hall of Fame. No. But does she deserve to go in? Sure, for her one championship or two championship rank. I, I she was what Divas champion and then women's champion. I I believe I, I know she was. Because she div- hasn't held the belt a, a ton of times. I know she was a Divas champ. Right. I don't know if she, I, I. And they let her hold the. They let her hold the title for like those couple months. Yeah. I for me, everything she's done in her career has been very forgettable. I I when I think of Natalia, I'm gonna. All right, so we've been we've been involved in wrestling pretty much our entire lives. Yes. We've been watching our entire lives. Um, so we tend to remember a lot of stuff about people that most people don't remember. Yeah. I can't think of a single natty memory off of the top of my head except for Survivor Series when Nikki Bella or when she attacked Nikki Bella and took Nikki Bella's spot in the 515 team. I don't even remember that. That is the you only the thing only I remember. Man, the only thing I remember from Natalia that I really can be like, I cared about this, mm-hmm. was when her and uh, Beth Phoenix were together. That is it. What, when Beth came back for that, that short little tag run? Yes. That's it. I forgot about that. When when those two were together back in the day, the first time, mm-hmm. um... That's the only time I really cared. And they like what they had that like tables match with they like, cool or some shit. I don't Oh oh yeah, you're talking about the first one. I, I forgot about the first one. I forgot about the first that's fucking one. That's the only time like I really remember caring about Natalia. I haven't cared about Natalia since and they really have not given me a reason to. But you know who I've cared about that they haven't given me a reason to care about that I still care about to this day? Mm-hmm. Tamina. Yeah. Because y'all have blackballed Tamina from any kind of shot at a world title, and it makes me sick. Honestly, I'm I agree with you a hundred percent because basically Tamina has been around for the same amount of time. Same amount of time. Same amount of time. Tamina, to me, is the better in ring worker. Tamina has more of what's not. I don't want to say. I, I don't want to really use the family lineage as you know. A thing to push Tamina, but how many women have come from that bloodline? Before Tamina, there was really no woman from that bloodline. Like first she, one you got. Like I'm up in I'm up in arms right now because it makes zero sense to and me. And it fit because you had somebody at that time who you could have built as a world champion if you've given her the shot. And that's really all she needed. Because, like, look, she came in when the Usos came in. Yeah. 
Natalia came in with the rest of the Tyson kid, Tyson kid and, and uh, David, David boy. boy. How is it that they can both come in the same way and yet Natalia is so up high in regard, even though people who barely watch wrestling see her matches and call her boring. But Tamina, for whatever reason, is taking a backseat to everyone unless she's a bodyguard. Which is still a back seat, mind you. Mm-hmm. And the only person you've really put her with to elevate her is Lana. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Charlotte gets to be a number one player. Mm-hmm. Tessa Blanchard, outside of WWE, is in high regards. Mm-hmm. Maybe her reputation isn't, but as a wrestler, yeah, she's been Impact World Champion. Mm-hmm. Natalia is certified a Hall of Famer. But somehow, Tamina... First one out of the Anawai family put on WWE uh, women's roster. Mm-hmm. Not elevated at all. But you can put the world title on Nia Jax. I don't get it. But I think the thing with... Uh, I think this is probably going to sound controversial. The thing... I, th- I kind of feel like part of Natty getting the world title or getting the Divas title was kind of an I'm sorry to her family. Mm-hmm. Because of so much shit that has gone on with her family. You figure they screwed Brett. They didn't really care about um, Jim the Anvil Neidhart for a while. Mm -hmm. And then you got the Owen Hart death in the ring. Mm. So I kind of feel like them giving Natty a Divas title and making Natty the winningest, you know, Diva that they had Mm -hmm. or female superstar was kind of the, the I'm sorry. And as far as Tamina goes, I guess they kind of just really swept her under the rug because of, one, the bodyguard gimmick. Two, your family is already so ingrained in the, in the you know, the WWE product that it just didn't really gel with Vince. I don't know, but I see that as disrespectful. Oh, no, it, it, it absolutely Vince is. Because Vince is so close to the damn Anawaii family. Why the first chick from the NOI family don't get no push? Yeah, and exactly because... Even when we thought she was getting a push, even when she was with AJ Lee and we all, and AJ Lee was champ and we were like, eventually, Tamina's going to turn and she's going to be world fucking champ. Never fucking happened. Literally, every fucking time she got close, fans were excited. Fans wanted... Every single time. Because I'm, I don't even... The, the two times to happen. The one time with AJ Lee, we thought this is where it's going to happen. This is where it would work. You have her as the heel. You have Tamina as a heel who could turn face. And you just knew Tamina could kick her ass. The perfect the perfect thing I would have compared that to... Triple H and Batista. Mm, yes. That, that would have been good. Yep. Like... Batista just giving Triple H that look like, are you fucking serious, dude? Tamina doing the same thing. Like, are you serious? Like, this is what we're going to do? Okay. Let me let me show you how it's done. Exactly. And then the second time, which I think was arguably, you might not like me for this, arguably might might have been a little bit better than the time with AJ. When they gave her that, that little shot with Bailey. I was no, I totally agree with you. I was gonna say because so many people. She was the most hilarious person on the internet when she was going up against Bailey for that. So many fucking people were like, "This is it. She needs it. This is the moment." Every other day, she had me cracking up on Twitter. Like you had fans tweeting, Instagramming everything that they wanted to see Tamina with a title. Like Bailey was being a good heel, but you wanted to see Tamina with a title. You just wanted to see it. 
you had people on the roster, not even bloodline, but on the roster, outside of you know their WWE persona, mm-hmm. cheering for Tamina. You had people outside of the fucking company in other companies. Like if you can get Gorillas of Destiny to fucking pay attention to WWE TV, that's something right there. And why did they watch? Because of Tamina. They wanted to see Tamina get her just due. And it doesn't make it, it like it really doesn't make sense. Because when I think about when you think shit, when you think about how many people are world champions in that Samoan bloodline. Mm-hmm. When you get your first shot at creating the first woman at the top of the food chain for the Samoan family, and you shit the bed, it's like, that, like I don't that understand. You, he he should have like, jumped I on that. I just don't get it. That that should have been something that you jumped on. Cause and when how many years was she here before they took the chance with Nia Jax instead of Tamina? <sighs> I, I feel like that's disrespectful to her. It like, was. I was here first. You act like I'm. I wasn't built the same way you're building Nia mm-hmm. Jax. Is, and is and she getting a shot because she's bigger than me? Like I don't get it. Like for as much shit as they talk about people who paved the way for the new women, and they, they say Natty is like you know, one of the founding people of the new wave of the woman's evolution. Which is fine. Like they they lump Natty in there. They lump the Bellas in there, even mm-hmm. though the Bellas were still divas before they were. Mm-hmm. You know, considered superstars. Right. Nobody fucking talks about how Tamina was there. Tamina was literally there the entire time. Why is she not lumped into the conversation? Just underrated. Tamina was the. Tamina was. She didn't have the diva look. Mm -hmm. She had the superstar look. Yeah. You had a. You had essentially what you guys consider superstars right there. Mm-hmm. Tamina wasn't the diva. She didn't fit the diva build. She was a Beth Phoenix. She was a, you know, people like that. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it. You don't pull the trigger on it. She had the mean look. She could have been like, you know, she could have been a heel. Mm-hmm. She could have been the bad guy. It would have worked. You made her face. On so many levels. You made her face. And so many people wanted to see it happen. She could have been on the level of China, honestly. Yeah. The way that she came in, the way that yeah, she looked. Absolutely. How much bigger she was than everyone else. Mm-hmm. She could have ran roughshod. I think the only person that was She could have destroyed that. Debate. The only person close to her size at the time she came in was Beth, and Beth mm-hmm. was on the way out. And then you think about the people that Natty's had classics against that Tamina could have had those same classics. Uh, honestly, I can't because even. Because Natty got the chance to go up against Charlotte. And they run that Natty Charlotte thing over and over and over again almost every year. Yeah. Right. Why is there no Charlotte and Tamina? Why is Tamina not held to the same regard as Natalia is? I think it's the writing. The, the writing team has buried her in a, and clusterfucked her so many ways that it's not even funny. But they do that with a lot of their talent. And as much as I want to say it surprises me that they buried her the way they have, it doesn't. I'm more surprised that she's stuck around for as long as she's exactly. stuck the fuck around. Exactly. Because and and that's the thing too, with how loyal the Samoans are. Mm-hmm. For her to have never stepped on the toe, for her to have never been like, for you, her to you never hear about her having to eat, you never hear about her complaining. You know what I mean? You've she's never, not one to you, cause any controversy. Yeah, you've never heard about her injuring anyone. What and and she don't even pull her card. 
Mm-hmm. Never have I seen Tamina pull her in a white car. Ever. Yeah. She like she's a model. You know what I mean? She literally has done what you need to do in the business. She so she she does she does shot. her job. She really yeah, she does her job. She performs well. She shows up. She takes care of her business. And anytime you ever give her a shot, there's never not excitement. Yeah. You you given her shot with uh the shot with AJ that you could have had. That was exciting because you know you kind of planted the seeds a little bit. Exactly. You had the same shit with Bailey. Everybody was if you can get fucking New Japan wrestlers to be excited about seeing somebody win a title in WWE, you're doing something right. And it and it only does more for your connections. Mm-hmm. I honestly think right now if Tamina was to leave the company, she could have her fucking pick of anywhere. Absolutely. Cause I'm, I, I would I would not be surprised if she could go anywhere she wanted to go. I'm pretty sure, because given the people that they've signed right now, male and female, I am 100% certain if Tamina left WWE, AEW would be calling her the minute she signs that paperwork and says, I'm leaving. That'd be their first person from the NY family to get. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm sure they would be over the moon because they are cornering the market on legacies. Yeah. Basically, because if we can get our first person from the NOI, come here. Mm-hmm. And they have the they have a smart person doing it. They have literally the son of a the son of the son of a plumber. Right. That man is freaking legacy, literally like WWE legacy. And and I tell you what, if Tamina comes there and she blows the fuck up. That's going to look really bad on your part. I'm going to laugh. It's going to look super bad on I would part. laugh in their fucking face. Because I can argue that she could leave, go to AEW, and be bigger than Nia Jax. Yeah. I, I could see it. I mean, uh, yeah, I could see it, yeah. Especially with the roster they got now. Mm-hmm, I could see Who's it. Who's better than her? Britt Baker? Mm. Like... No disrespect to when you, Britt when Baker, you think but, about yeah. the size and the ability of Tamina, realistically speaking, against some of these other women, and take into account that she's an Anawai, mm-hmm. a lot of these other girls start looking beatable. But and I also I also sense. feel like Tamina could have great matches with some of the people over there. Absolutely. Like let's go. Um, I think her and Britt could be okay just because Britt has that like that snobby factor, and Tamina's not you know your average looking female mm-hmm. wrestler. Her and Ty Conti, I think her and Ty Conti have a great match. Uh, yeah. Ty Conti's very young, yeah. but she has so much fucking potential. I, I think, think that's a great Big match. Swole have a great match. Her and Big Swole. Thunder Rosa is another one. Thunder Rosa can make a fucking mop look good. Yeah, Thunder Rosa's amazing. Yeah, Thunder Rosa. I think her and Ny- uh, Nyla Rose have a great mm-hmm. match. Yeah, you, you could throw fucking Thunder Rosa in there with a camera stand, and the mm-hmm. camera stand is going to look like a quality star. So I feel like Tamina has way more way more opportunity over there she would blow up over there and it would actually be better for her Mm -hmm. I just I just don't get it and I don't get it because there's so many reasons for her to be where all the other legacy women are in Mm -hmm. the industry not just in WWE but in the industry in general and for her to be like basically a nobody mm-hmm. when Natalia and Charlotte and Tessa Blanchard and every other person's daughter is in such high regard. Yeah. For Jimmy Snooker's daughter 
Because remember, she's Jimmy Snooker's daughter. Like, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it when you say it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You almost forget. Like, and it doesn't make sense to me because for everyone else to be so high up on the food chain, for her to be like an afterthought is ridiculous. When, if y'all had treated her like you treat everyone else, mm-hmm. she could be first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. She could have been entering the men's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. She, like, it's not unrealistic to think she could fight some of these dudes. Yeah. It, when little last really Tessa Blanchard is out here winning women's mm-hmm. men's championships in other divisions. When Nia Jackson, uh, when, when Tamina Snook is way bigger than Tessa Blanchard. Fuck Becky it Lynch. It doesn't make sense. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was out there fighting fucking James Ellsworth and Baron Corbin. It just it and doesn't. You, make and sense. you can't have Tamina doing. Uh, yeah. Like I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, it makes me upset every time I see. It. And maybe it's an indirect hate. But. But you. For I, how little I care about Natalia, mm-hmm. it makes me that much more angry when I think about Tamina. Yeah. Because I really don't care for Natalia. Mm-hmm. And Tamina's just better to me. Yeah. So it makes me angrier seeing Natalia be, you know, shoving it in her face that she's the most winningest woman in wrestling when I really don't care for your matches. You still don't win a lot of your matches. And no one really cares about you at the end of the day. Yeah. When I care about Tamina and she's barely seen on TV. And she gets a pop whenever she is seen, but she never rarely ever gets a chance. And whenever they start to get a push and everyone starts to get excited, it's gone just like that. Mm-hmm. Because where did the Lana thing lead to? Nothing. Yeah. They did it for a few months and they're like, oh, she's finally getting a push. Then it disappears. She gets her shot against Bailey. Yo, this is going to be it. She's killing it on social media. There's no way they're not going to let her be champ. She loses, and then she's an afterthought again. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Yeah. So that's my controversial thought. Change my mind if you want to, but at the end of the day, for me, Natalia's overrated. It's Amina's underappreciated, and that's just the way I feel. Mm-hmm. Boom. I got you. Uh, my controversial topic is... This is going to be something that's a little different because when he did what he did, it wasn't controversial. Mm. But at the time, it was seen as controversial because he's done interviews about it after the fact. And he said that was a legit shoot. He was real. Everything that happened there wasn't completely planned. Mm -hmm. Joey Styles. I don't know if any of you guys remember Joey Styles, but used to be the commentator for ECW. When he worked for WWE and he left, he shooted on WWE. And I think to this day, that was about, what, 15 years ago? 16 years ago? Thinking about the layout of the Raw when we watched it? Yeah, so... Probably, probably about... About like, about like 15, 16 years ago, I think to this day, that is the best shoot anyone has ever done on WWE. Mm-hmm. And everything he said... 
was fucking accurate. Yeah, totally legitimate. Literally everything from the fucking start to the end was accurate. Everything he said back then mm-hmm. to now, you see it. Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody else has spoken on this shit as well as Joey Styles did. And he touched on a lot of areas. Yeah, like there's people who've done shoots on WWE. Like Punk did a good one, but and you know that was Punk talking from his heart the first yeah. time. Yeah. Like the the infamous pipe bomb. But Punk, I don't give him the best shoot because he came back two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get the best shoot for me. Paul did a good shoot in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But Paul was an employee at the time. So Paul had to shoot. Mm-hmm. Joey was literally quitting, walking out of the damn door. Mm-hmm. And as he walked out the door, said, fuck you to everybody. This is what the fuck I want to say. And everything he said was honest. And it yeah. was legit. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Because literally, he came in. He didn't want the job from WWE. They, he didn't ask them for a job. They called him. Mm-hmm. He didn't want it at first. And they fired Jim Ross. And he was Jim Ross's replacement. And a lot of shit went down with him being bullied and shit like that. He got tired of it. And they basically, they bumped him from a lot of shows from WrestleMania, from Backlash. Mm-hmm. They took him off of Raw's. They took him off of uh, all the other shows because he doesn't sound like Jim Ross. Which is crazy. Yeah, he's, he doesn't sound like Jim Ross, so that's why you're taking him off of TV. But he's the guy you call to fucking replace Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. Not, And this isn't the first time you've done it. You've had to replace Jim Ross. This is probably the second or third time that you've had to replace him, and Joey Styles just happens to be the guy. Mm-hmm. The first time, it was Taz that had to fucking replace him. Then JR came back, and then you replaced him. No, first it was Paulie, then JR came back, and then it was um, then it was Taz. Then Joey Styles came in. So you've done fired and replaced Jim Ross, fucked him over so many damn times. Mm-hmm. That man has done nothing to you guys, and yet you still keep fucking him over. So he stood up for Jim Ross. He stood up for all the other guys that were getting shit on mm-hmm. by the older talent. Mm-hmm. That was, and, and the comment he made about um, them not being able to commentate on what's actually going on in the ring. Yeah, like they can't... They He, he, he mentioned that we can't say the moves that are going on in the match. Mm-hmm. You have to tell the story. He said when he was on ECW... He wasn't a storyteller. He was an unscripted, uncensored voice of wrestling, which mm-hmm. he was. Mm-hmm. That man on commentary was the shit. He literally went, he would do it by himself. This was before Taz was commentating. Mm-hmm. This was before Paulie sat at the table to commentate. Mm-hmm. This was just Joey Styles, one man, sitting at a fucking table, calling a match. And he literally called the match. It wasn't. Oh, this feud is getting out of hand. This feud is this. Mm-hmm. These people know. He was like, he's got him in a headlock. Boom. And oh, off the top ropes. Holy shit. Through the table. Like it was actually commentating a wrestling match. To be called. And I, he, he, he said something that I never, that I never really took into account. Um, when he was like, it's disrespectful to the wrestlers in the ring. Mm-hmm. That I'm not calling the actual match. Yeah. 
And I, I never really sat back to think about that. Yeah, they don't yeah, really call the match. They yeah. tell the story. Like, they might throw in the occasional move, like deep arm drag, and then they'll just talk about something that's going on. Mm -hmm. Or they'll cut to something backstage, or... Mm -hmm. He literally sat there and called the match. Yeah, and I never, I never thought about how disrespectful that is to the wrestlers. Yeah, for real, because and like, and, and every commentator not calling them wrestlers. Yeah. Now we're not calling their matches either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we so we don't call their matches. We tell a story, and he's like, we can't call them wrestlers. We call them superstars and sports entertainers, <clears throat> and which is which is fucking ridiculous when you think about it because. What are they? Like, what do we watch? Mm -hmm. We watch fucking wrestling. We don't watch sports entertainment. We watch wrestling with wrestlers. We don't watch sports entertainment with superstars. Mm -hmm. Before this, this was wrestling. Paul, and, 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 yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Paul did something a while back, which yeah. was relatively the same. And it was that Vince took wrestling... And made it a dirty word, mm -hmm. which he did. But Joey Style, like Paul, dropped that shoot, and it was a good shoot. But Paul was getting paid to do that shoot. Mm -hmm. Joey took his shoot and hit the fucking nail on the head and drove it through the coffin. Mm -hmm. To this day, I think that is the best promo anyone has ever shot in the WWE at the WWE. Mm -hmm. Regardless, and I feel like you could you could say the pipe bomb. But Joey Styles, his shoot surrounded really every area. Yeah, like it wasn't. Like Punk's it was more centered around um, wrestlers and himself. Yeah, yeah. It, Punk Punk's thing was more him. It it was more him based, and then his gripes with those around him. Yeah, Joey's was more of a gripe. With, with everything, yeah, like the the product as a whole, mm -hmm. and he also managed to stick up for those guys that weren't getting stuck up for, mm -hmm. like they were burying the hell out of Jim Ross, they were burying the hell out of uh, the older ECW guys that were on the roster, mm -hmm. like Rob Van Dam was getting shit on, um, Paul was getting shit on because this was around the time Paul was coming back and management wasn't too excited to see Paul coming back. Mm -hmm. So he was he was sticking up for Taz too. So he was sticking up for a lot of the older ECW guys that were getting shit on, which is one of the reasons why Taz left. Why Rob left. Like a lot of people left because of the shit that was going on. And, and you know what to, to be honest, all of those rants then still hold like uh, Joey Styles is in particular mm -hmm. still holds so much weight today. Yeah. Because so much of what he said then is still relevant. They're still sports entertainers. They're still not calling all of the match. Mm -hmm. It's still most mostly about the story. Yeah, like I'll I'll give you I'll give you a prime example. Um Sasha Banks and Carmella. They mm -hmm. just recently had a match. Mm -hmm. The match was pretty good. Like there was a lot of, you know, good spots in the match. Yeah, they had a good holds. Match. It was a very technical match. But you didn't stop hearing them talk about, you know, Carmella's new look. Mm -hmm. You didn't stop hearing them talk about the the fucking Somalia. Mm -hmm. You didn't hear them stop talking about, you know, everything they're doing in vignettes. You're talking about everything that's going on in their feud. But when these spots are happening in the match, 
you're you're missing out on a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a if there's a decent transition into a headlock, we want to hear you say, "Oh, that's a nice transition into a headlock." Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear you say, "Oh, the sommelier can do a flip and the sommelier can fucking jump through a rope." That's yeah, cool and, and all. And we can you know see what, all that. And you know what? Speaking from the commentator perspective, <clears throat> it I do feel like it kind of takes away from how good the wrestlers are doing in the match. Mm-hmm. Like when you're hearing commentary. Uh, as you're watching it, it it kind of sidetracks you away from what's actually going on because they're not calling the match. The they're, they're just telling the story. And there's plenty of wrestlers who were great wrestlers mm-hmm. in WWE that not a lot of people know about because like they know of them, they mm-hmm. know of the character, mm-hmm. but they don't really know how good the wrestler was because if their matches are being called, commentary is telling a story and not telling you what's happening in the match. Mm -hmm. William Regal does not get enough fucking credit for how good he is in a ring. Fit Finley does not get enough fucking credit for how good he is in a ring. Dean Malenko was another one. Does not get enough fucking credit. One of my favorite technical wrestlers of all time. There's so many people that don't get enough credit for how good they are in a ring, Mm -hmm. and it's because commentary is one of the the main reasons why. Mm -hmm. And, And Vince and everything he does... Because Vince literally tells them what you're supposed to do. You can't say this word. You can't say this word. Mm-hmm. Drive the feud. Drive the feud. Storyline. Storyline. And, story and the stories about the times Michael Cole has been chewed out and all that different stuff is a prime example of Michael, even Michael Cole being sick of yeah, things being pushed down. The I, I'll give Michael Cole some credit because Michael Cole does try to call a match. Mm-hmm. But he tries to tell a story with the match. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the reason they jumped from a two commentary team to three. Mm-hmm. Because you got two people to tell a story and one, one to call a call match. match. Yep. And majority of the time, Michael is always the one calling the match. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's kinda, of, you know, a good thing, but we're still not there. Like we're still hearing everything that Joey Styles said back then mm-hmm. is true today. And yeah. I, I feel like he doesn't get enough fucking credit for what he said. And I, I think that's why Triple H has taken the approach that have mostly wrestlers on his commentary team. Mm-hmm. With Bad News Barrett and Beth Phoenix. And not necessarily people you would think of as great commentators, mm-hmm. but people that are wrestlers that know when it's important to address the wrestling going on more than the story itself. Mm-hmm. Because it's just being overlooked way too much. Yeah, it really is. And... You, you, there's a lot of people that you don't see how good that they are in a ring. Mm-hmm. In fact, the the older guys that I just named off, I'll, a newer one that I'll name that you just mentioned, not a lot of people knew how good he really was in a ring. Mm-hmm. Bad News Barrett. Mm-hmm. Wade Barrett's a great in-ring performer. Yeah, Doesn't get enough credit for how good he was in a ring. I mean, yeah. granted, yeah. they kind of fucked him over with his writing. Yeah. But on the indies, he's, he's you watch that man wrestle, he's yeah. fucking good. Yeah. He went back to the he went back to Europe. That man was lighting it the hell up over there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like the I feel like everything Joey Styles said back then is true and he doesn't get enough credit for it and everything he said was absolutely right and he without a doubt has had the best shoot promo of the last 20 years on WWE like directly at WWE mm-hmm. sticking a knife in the coffin. Better than Punk's cuz Punk if Punk had never went back the first time, 
then it would have still held that weight. It would have still held the weight. It was still a good shoot, but it would have held the weight if he would have never went back. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he went back, though, because we wouldn't have had that extra run with him. Paul's was a great shoot, but Paul was working for them at the time. This was like the early 2000s. Mick had a shoot around then, mm-hmm. same thing. Still working for them at the time, but it was a decent shoot nonetheless. I think Joey Styles, without a doubt, had the best shoot at WWE. And um, honestly, he don't get enough credit for it. I'm glad that he said it because it needed to be said. Mm-hmm. That dude was shit on so many times by so many people in that company. Like, for fuck's sake, he got so tired of shit to the point he knocked out JBL. Yeah. Little ass Joey Styles. You didn't even know about that. I had I to tell you. Know. Little ass Joey Styles. Five foot six, probably 150 pounds soaking wet. You got JBL, big old Texan, six foot something, fucking 260 pounds. Little ass Joey Styles got fed up with the bullshit around him, so he knocks out JBL. Now, JBL is a tough bastard. He's a tough bastard, you know, as the day is long. Mm-hmm. But he's one of those people that you hear him, you know, he bullies a little too much, shit like that. Joey Styles, little guy, most of the time an easy target. He got tired of it, knocked JBL's ass right out. So I, I think he just got fed up to the point where he was like, you know what? If I'm going to leave, I'm going to shoot. And I'm going to make it the best damn shoot that anybody's ever heard. And within the last 20 years, 15 years since he, since he left, I don't think anybody's come close to a shoot that he's done. And I feel like it's because it hasn't lost any of its relevancy. No, it hasn't. Because it, it's still the same. talked about that is different now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they changed anything about everything that he said was wrong. Mm-mm. The only way it's changed is if the wrestlers that are like still around that don't wrestle anymore, so basically the retired wrestlers, mm-hmm. the only way it changes is if the retired wrestlers say something. Because I think if it still was 100% the same, like people would not see how good Cesaro is in a ring. Cesaro would not get enough credit. He still doesn't get enough credit, but, you know, commentary will make it known to throw in there that he's freakishly strong and Mm -hmm. what he does. Like, he's very technical and he's strong. I think without the retired wrestlers saying that, we wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. And then there's other wrestlers that we wouldn't know how good they are if it wasn't for retired wrestlers saying that, you know, we like this guy. That's a lot of where we have to find our opinions of who should be higher and who shouldn't. Yeah, because management will throw anybody in. Yeah, and but, they'll pull anybody down. Mm-hmm. But if we can actually watch for ourselves and, you know, get our own assumptions, and then there's also the talent, like, that are on the roster and not on the roster mm-hmm. that come out and say something, then we can kind of make our assumptions from there. Like, there were so many people backstage that were like, why has Kofi not been given a shot? Mm-hmm. We knew Kofi was good. Fans knew Kofi was good. People outside of the company knew Kofi was good. Mm-hmm. Over time, it's like, wait a minute. Dude, this guy's good in the ring. Why, why are you not making him a world champion? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many people you could be showcasing that you don't showcase. So many people now are like, Big E is got something going for him. Yeah. 
even though he still has a lot of the entertaining to do less of. Yeah, but they're, they're showing it now. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that hadn't really gotten their shot because of, you know, the storytelling more than the match calling. Mm -hmm. And Joey Styles made a fair point. And I think back towards... Um... Back when you when you always have like a real wrestler out there mm -hmm. to pay more attention to what's going on rather than what the story is, you get some of the real credit of um, who's out there. But I feel like because I feel like Joey's speech was at the right time because they were transitioning very far away from what they used to be. Mm hmm. And Joey, before anybody else really realized it, was saying what was going on behind the scenes. It was like, this shit is whack. Yeah. And without certain people, like when JBL was on commentary or um, when Taz was on commentary, or people that like really wanted to pay more attention to how good people was and give people credit and, you know say the amazing things that were happening in there that they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Joey was the first person to really be like, everything is about to change and it's going to be fucking whack. And it's gotten to the point where um, people like you and me now, we have yeah. to get this place where we're watching it for the wrestling mm -hmm. in order to see the true value of the wrestlers out there. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just following it for the story. Yeah, because when the he, wrestling means so much less. Yeah, because when he was calling an ECW by himself, he didn't need to tell a story because he told you what was happening in the match and you watch it with your eyes. Mm -hmm. The wrestlers can tell the story on their own. Mm -hmm. like you can tell it with facial expressions, with body language, mm -hmm. with the moves that you do. Mm -hmm. He can just talk about what they're doing. He doesn't need to talk about a feud or an ongoing lingering issues or this or that mm -hmm. or, you know. Joey could help narrate the actual story of the match. Yeah, because... not the storyline. I could sit there and watch the match and kind of get the idea of what, what the storyline is. Mm -hmm. I don't need to hear the storyline because then I'm going to be paying more attention to the storyline than, than the actual match. I'll be able to pick out like maybe one thing or two things in the match. Like, oh, he did a cool flip here. Mm -hmm. Or he did something nice here. But if I hear him calling the match and I see the match, mm -hmm. I'm gonna pick up every, I'm gonna pick up so much more that it'll invest me more mm -hmm. into the feud itself. And you know what's crazy? I I have this thought of like um thinking about that interview and thinking about AEW mm -hmm. um versus WWE matches. Um Cesaro at the time that we're recording this. Cesaro just had a like an amazing match with Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. I think back to why sometimes when I go back, um, when I don't get to see these shows, yeah, I'll skim through like see the ends of the matches, yeah, or see the major storyline points that are happening. Mm -hmm. But I like to watch AEW, yeah, because I like to see the amazing shit they're doing in mm -hmm. the ring, and I wouldn't even be able to tell you. If WWE is putting on those same intensity of matches, because they've they kind of manipulating manipulate you into not really caring about the matches. Yeah, they 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 more they more want you to care about the storyline than the actual match. Right. So the story that's being told in the ring 
really, I feel like I know already because mm-hmm. you've been jamming the story of them for weeks. I was going to say, it's New Japan. Prime example, New Japan, they don't really tell you a story. with like They, they, they kind of tell you a story. Mm. But it's more wrestling-based. Yeah. They, the they, they tell you wrestling. the match, yeah. And that's why they... That's why so many more people are appealed are appealing to the New Japan matches. They're more they like them. Mm-hmm. Like even when they're on YouTube and they don't watch them live, but they they can see them on YouTube. Yeah. So many people go flock to YouTube to watch Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho mm-hmm. or Kazuchika Okada versus Naito mm-hmm. or one of those types of matches because those matches are so great and the commentary team they're, the story that they're telling is more about the match. It's mm. not about the feud or this or that or the third. They're they're calling the match. Mm. And a lot of times with New Japan, um, with New Japan, they don't need a super intricate story. Yeah, they can really simplify the story because they rely more heavily on how good the match is going to be mm-hmm. to tell the story. Yeah, more than the storyline itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I keep thinking back to one of my favorite stories of how Okada became Okada. Mm-hmm. And it was through the overarching storyline, not surrounded with um, Tanahashi and Okada, but more around Tanahashi's uh, leg. Yeah. Then, it, more than anything. It was the rise, it was the young line and the, the, the old line, but mm-hmm. it was more of a storyline surrounding a body part more than anything. Yeah. When is this going to give way and allow that and break the ceiling for this new line to show up? Mm-hmm. And you couldn't get to the bottom of that story without watching the match. The match, yeah. The matches were very important. Mm-hmm. They, and, they do a good job at making the matches important and the story can be told with the matches, mm-hmm. which is what WWE has trouble doing majority of the time. But it's not it's not through it's not through the commentator's fault. It's through Vince's fault. Yeah, which is exactly which is why what, Joey yeah, was right. which is why Joey shot the way he shot, and he was absolutely fucking right for it because Vince, at the end of the day, is well, Vince management, whatever you want to call yeah, it, whatever you want to is, is the is the main problem there. And Joey is hitting the nail on the head. Joey's right when he says that. And to this day, you look at the product now. You, if you go back to YouTube and you watch that shoot, pay attention to every word he said. Apply it to the product now. It is the same fucking way. Mm-hmm. Not much has changed. Yeah, he could have literally said that like yesterday and I'd be like, you're absolutely right. The only difference is, the only thing that I say has changed is they've went from two people talking to, to three, three people, people talking. Mm-hmm. That's it. So now it's two people crowding your mind with the, with the storyline. Mm-hmm. And one person occasionally fitting his word in for the match. Yeah. Which is why I give credit to Michael Cole. Because Michael Cole does tell a story. Yeah. He is a storyteller. Yeah. But he, he also addresses the wrestling that's happening at the moment. Which I feel like is compliments to really him and I the t- tutelage of JR. Yeah. I, I think Michael Cole would be more of a storyteller pre-match. Yeah. He will tell you the story until the match starts. And then once the match then starts, he starts calling guys. it. He, he, might st- he might say like a story-related thing once or yeah. twice. Yeah. And then he's back to calling the match. And then at the end, he goes back story. Back to the story. 
So Which he, is really how it should be. Essentially, it's like the narrator role. Exactly. Like, this once upon a time, blah, 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 blah. Let's right. just say once upon a time, Bianca and Sasha da, 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 mm-hmm. calls the match, says what's happening in the match. Quick little insertion for a narrator mm-hmm. about a story, and then boom, back to the match. Match ends, boom, right back to narrating a story. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be. With Joey, what he was saying, and everything up to now, it's like 90% story. Yeah. 10% match. Mm-hmm. And I feel a lot of fucking people get fucked over that way. There's so many people that you don't get to see how good they actually are. Mm-hmm. Because you're listening to a story. And there's so many commentators you probably end up don't liking. Uh, or not liking, I should say. Because uh, yeah. of that. Yeah, they're, Which they're... is why I think people really gravitated to Mo Ranala. Yeah. Because he's been commentating on all types of sports mm-hmm. where there's no storyline. There's just a match. Yeah, honestly. I've been doing it for such a long time. I didn't like him. It. The only reason, and it wasn't because of you know the way he talked. Like yeah. it wasn't because of his commentary. Yeah. I just didn't like the like the tone of his voice. I thought the tone of his voice was like just a little annoying for wrestling commentary. Mm-hmm. But as far as telling us, like as far as t- commentating wrestling, he was good. Yeah. I just didn't like it, the sound of his voice. And it, they, you know, you people, he's he's an acquired taste. I'll yeah. definitely say that. Like he he definitely wasn't a bad commentator though. But yeah, exactly. But he wasn't a bad commentator. Yeah. And he got his little. He got his. He he had a pop reference for every match. Yeah, he definitely. Which did. you know is fun and annoying sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. You take it where you get it. But you're not a pun person. You don't lose. You don't lose the match. Yeah. Like, occasionally you'll laugh because it'll fit something in there from a pop mm-hmm. reference, and you're like, oh, shit. I didn't yeah. even know he knew about that. But, most, but he keeps you centered on the match. And, and most of the time, when he throws those little pop references in, it's at a moment when everyone's down, and everyone right. is, you know, they're they're milking the cat, sort of. Or right. skinning the cat, I should say. They're skinning the cat, and everyone's just laying down. And there's nothing happening. That's when, most of the time when he throws in those pop references. Mm-hmm. So, he does a good job with it, too. But there's people that to this day that they're not really an amazing wrestling commentator mm-hmm. like that like this is this is gonna piss off a lot of fans Corey graves is not a wrestling commentator Corey, uh no you, you know which is it's funny because when he was in nxt i feel like it was different i feel like when they called him up we thought he was going to be the new michael cole and he's really kind of gravitated to being jr Mm-hmm. In a sense, yeah, like Corey's not a bad commentator. I'm not JR, I'm the king. Lawler. in a sense, yeah, yeah. He's really gravitated. Like he's not a bad commentator. He's just a storytelling commentator. Exactly. Byron Saxton is a storytelling commentator mm-hmm. to the fullest. Yeah, like there, there's a lot of storytelling commentators. Yeah, when you when you think about uh, like maybe a commentary team of Corey Graves, um, Michael Cole, and who you just mentioned Byron, Byron Reed, Byron uh, Reed. Uh, Reed. What is Byron it? Saxton god damn Byron <laughs> it's so forgettable um, <laughs> Byron Saxton when you think about the three of them it's really kind of Corey and Byron bouncing off of each other about the story yeah because you notice majority of the time those two are even when they're like trading barbs exactly Corey's the one coming at Byron or Byron's the one defending himself so from Corey they're bouncing off of each other and Michael Cole's calling it down the middle like I, I would throw Joe in there but I don't Joe's not a commentator like he, he commentates now yeah but Joe's not a commentator yeah I mean he does good at it like he's like he. Joe would be like punk 
Okay. And, and Jericho. When yeah. Jericho was commentating for a little bit on yeah. AEW, like he's there to commentate, but he's not a commentator by trade. Exactly. So you don't lump him in. I, I feel like, but all those other guys we just named, there's people that it's been going on for a long time. And uh, Jerry the King Lawler, perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Not a wrestling commentator. Not at all. Storytelling commentator, yeah. Not a wrestling commentator. Um, Striker, hit or miss, but I think Striker was more story. In WWE, Striker was in, more story. Yeah, in, in WWE, Striker. Outside, he was wrestling based. Inside WWE, he was story based. But like I said, Joey Styles, my controversial topic, the shoot he made 15, 16 years ago, still to this day, the truest and most accurate fucking shoot anyone has done. In the WWE, towards the WWE. You said it. I back you. Change our minds. Yeah, real shit. Change our minds. If you guys want to try to change our minds, you guys know our Instagram, at Dangerous Jobbers Podcast. Same thing with our Twitter handle. If you guys got anything you want to say about what we spoke about, drop us a message. We'll get back to you. It'll either be me. It'll either be Stevie. One of us will reach out to you. and And shoot, if it's good enough. Maybe we'll reply on another pod. Yeah, well, we can reply on a pl- on a pod. We can reply in a message. Hell, maybe we can even bring you on here one of these days and discuss it. But mm-hmm. who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, that's all I got. Do you got anything else you want to say? Uh, until the next time, I have something really, really big to say. Oh wait, well we we always got something. We always got something big planned and tucked away. So I guess you guys just gotta tune into that next one, y'all. So. As always, stay blessed and stay stay dangerous. dangerous.